to be this morning. How great are our kids? Uh, what an incredible bunch. I think Micah should do announcements every week. Uh, that was great, bud. <laughs> um, we are continuing what we have been talking about in church last uh, week. Uh, we've started a series on Mission Matters. Uh, and last week, um, Neil was speaking to us uh, about what it means for us as individuals. And I guess today I wanted to go to the next logical step. If we're talking about mission and how we do that and what our mission is, uh, if Neil's talked about us as individuals, what I want to think about is how do we go about this collectively? What does it mean for our church to be on mission? Well, what's the mission of our church? Now, I think it's important, uh, and I really love that reading uh, that Liam Rach did. It was fantastic. Uh, I'm not sure if you, you caught all of it, but there's some really key things in there. And one of the key things that I think is important to note, which seems obvious, but I think sometimes we sometimes get a bit confused, we have a different mission to Jesus. Can anyone tell me what Jesus' mission is? Does anyone think they might know what Jesus' mission was? Where's Carrie? I need someone to yell out. Well done. His mission was to die for us, to die for the sins of the world. He was sent to bring forgiveness, to bring peace with God, to bring us eternal life. In the reading, it said, God has done it all. That's not our mission. Our mission is not to die for the sins of the world. That was Jesus' job, and he's done it. Our mission, it's kind of like, very much, it, it includes what Jesus has done. It's, it's an extension of what Jesus has done. It's, it's kind of almost like it's, it's the sequel. You know how, say, you have a movie where you have a, these events that happen, they, they then think, wow, that, that made a lot of money, and let's make another one, because that way we can make some more money. Uh, I might be a bit cynical, um, but that tends to be how things work. Uh, and so it's a sequel. So they've got the, the events of the first one will then tend to lead to a second one. Jesus has died for us, for everyone. And now he gives us a mission of letting people know about how good that is. Letting people know that there's forgiveness, there's peace, there's eternal life for everyone. Uh, Neil spoke, I'm not sure if you remember, some of the kids weren't here, but he spoke about how we need to be on mission personally. And he spoke about making time. Uh, and I think I want to again highlight that uh, in a world which demands lots upon our time. Uh, we've kind of equated busyness with godliness and kind of said they're the same thing. If we're busy, it means it's good and we, we want to fill our lives. But actually, sometimes what God wants is a bit of space, a bit of room so that we're not so jam-packed that we can actually respond when he puts something on our hearts. Uh, I know I've had that happen for me before. I've been uh, heading somewhere and I've, I've seen somebody as I've been driving somewhere and I've seen someone... Uh, I can't quite remember. I think they were kind of trying to fit something in the boot of their car. And I was like, I probably could help them. But gosh, I'm running late. I've really got to be at that thing. Uh, and, and it probably wouldn't matter if I'm late, but that would be a bad impression. And so I didn't help. 
And I'm kind of like, I was so busy, I was so rushed going to thing, to thing, to thing, that I actually missed out an opportunity to do something good. And that's it really. Sometimes we get so busy, we can miss out on the opportunity to do what God wants for us to do to help other people. Neil also talked about this idea of poking holes in fences. Does anyone have a fence at their house? We've got a fence at our house. Uh, it's, it's corrugated iron. I don't know how you'd poke a hole in that. You did a pretty strong finger. Maybe a drill uh, might help you. But it's the idea. It's not actually about... Don't go home and ruin your fence, kids. Uh, it's just about getting to know your neighbours. Getting to know the people around you. Oh, well, there you go. You don't have to worry about it then. You can just talk to... Do you have other uh, kids live next door to you? Uh, so you've got people around you. We've got people around us, right? Liam's got people around him. We've all got people around. We've got people in our lives, which God has placed in our lives. And Neil's point is, start there. Start with the people who are around you. Start with those that you know. I once did a training uh, a couple of years ago, and it highlighted that when we think about mission, when we think about evangelism, we think about the hardest person that we possibly know who's so against God. We're like, that's the person that I need to go to. They are the person who needs to know God. And I'm not saying that they don't need to know God. I'm not saying that they don't need to know his goodness. But perhaps rather than going for the most difficult challenge we possibly can, this training encouraged us maybe to look around at those that are already open to us those that are already open to hearing from us and hearing what we have to say. And it gave three questions for you to ask for those people around you in terms of, is this somebody that it might be that you could possibly share with? It's, do they like you? Do they enjoy spending time with you? Uh, do they listen to you? So when you talk about stuff, are they someone who's literally just waiting for their turn to talk? Uh, or are they actually engaged in the conversation hearing what you have to say? And do they... Do they serve you? I had, uh, when I started thinking about this where I used to live, uh, there was a guy across the road from me who owned a, a concreting business, uh, and we, we would play soccer together, uh, and he, he quite, we got on quite well. Uh, similar age to me, we'd kind of seen each other around the community before, and then he moved into our street, and so we had a, a natural connection. Um, we would chat about stuff, he was uh, a very advocate, very strong advocate of veganism. Um, and so he would love to chat to me about that. I would have some, some big conversations about that. Uh, he never quite, never quite got me uh, across the line. Uh, but, but, you know, when, one time we went out for lunch and we went to a place where there were vegan options. I made sure of that. And so he appreciated that. Uh, and he used to offer me lifts when we're going to soccer. Oh, you need a lift to soccer this week. Somebody who likes me, somebody who listens, and somebody who serves. The simple act of reaching out and saying, do you need a lift? And so I, I took that as an opportunity to start sharing with him. We had some really amazing, really good conversations about Jesus. He wasn't your typical, typical guy that you'd see in a church. Tats everywhere, neck tats, um, was a bit, a bit rough, but he, he shared a bit about some of his experience. He'd been in a Pentecostal church. Um, he had some thoughts which were, were interesting uh, about the gospel, about Jesus. Uh, he loved to talk about the book of Revelation, uh, was big on that. Uh, 
And so we had, some, we had some very interesting conversations, and it was great, right? Here was a guy who was open, and I just was looking around. I was poking holes in fences. Who are the people in my life who like me, who listen to me, and who serve me? Rather than going for the hardest challenge out there of the most opposed person, how about we start with those people who already have that connection with? Perhaps, perhaps God's going ahead of us there. Perhaps God's making an avenue in that relationship and actually inviting us in to be able to take that. It's an interesting idea. But what does mission for us as a collective look like? That's a bit more of a tricky question. All that stuff I've talked about is how we do mission as individuals. It actually is a core part of what it looks like for us to do mission collectively. Because we are a group of individuals, and you've got connections and avenues that I don't have. You have friends and you know people who like you and listen to you and serve you that they don't do those things for me. And so part of what it means for us collectively to do that is for me to encourage and mobilise you to be able to actually look around and see the people that God's putting in your lives. That if we were all to do that, each of us were to look for those opportunities, they were going to be far more effective than just running one thing. But there is a place for doing programs and things like that within our church. I think they can actually be really important and really valuable as a way of connecting people, as a way of looking around and seeing where the needs are and what we can do to be able to help connect with people, to be able to bring them in, to be able to meet them, to be able to make relations with them, to be able to introduce them to Jesus. And I actually would like one of... Uh, the youth, one of the kids here today, to come and share a bit about one of our most recent programs that we've started running here at Glen Olsen Baptist Church. We've started running uh, a junior youth event that happens once a month. Uh, you might not know much about that. You might not have kids in youth group age, but this is something that we are doing as part of Glen Osmond Baptist Church. And so I'm going to invite Lucas to come on up and he's going to share a bit about what happens uh, at our junior youth events. Thanks, Lucas. On Saturdays when we come together and run, uh, there's been some great stuff which has happened. Uh, as part of what we've done. We've connected. There's probably been about half a dozen to ten uh, kids that have come along which have not necessarily been part of our church community. There have been people who are perhaps linked in or connected. Uh, there are people who maybe used to come along uh, and their kids are at that sort of age group and they've heard about these things happening. There's value and there's benefit in running programs, right? They, they give opportunities for people to be able to come in and connect with us, or perhaps even reconnect with us after a bit of a break. Uh, there is, though, and this is what I'm aware of, there is a danger in a program-centered approach to mission. There are a few dangers. One is, we'll run it here and you'll come to us. And so it's dependent upon somebody choosing to come to us. Uh, one thing that Laura and I do as a family when we're on holidays is we like to go and visit a different church while we're on holidays. Uh, and so when we came to Adelaide, we visited a couple of churches. Uh, I, I, I'm particularly not great at going into a space where I know absolutely no one. It's not like a, my fun zone. It's not like I'm like, I live for that. Laura's much more comfortable in those sorts of environments. Uh, they sort of the environments that I choose not to try and put myself in. And so I imagine I'm somebody who is of faith, I work for a church, and I, I find it nervous and nerve-wracking to walk into a building. Imagine someone who doesn't have some of those things, 
and we're expecting them to always come. And so there's some dangers in the program approach which make it centered on this place and not on us going. And that was the, what Neil shared. As you go, the Great Commission is not go. As you go along the way, along your life, along the path, share Jesus as you go. That's the commission. Programs have a place where people come, but I just think that we need to know that there's some limitations when it comes to just running programs. We also need to ensure that the programs that are happening are a certain quality that makes people want to come back and to continue to connect in. And the final thing is sometimes, and I've seen this, and perhaps it's been a bit of the, the focus of the church for the past 20, 30 years is in running quality programs. And so sometimes the program and the quality of that gets emphasized over the people that it's trying to reach. The program becomes the goal. Let's run this program. This is, this is the program that we've got to do over the actual aim or the purpose of what's trying to be achieved by the program that's being run. We, we want to run programs, but we always want to remember that people are our core business, not programs. Now, I'm not saying we don't run programs. Luke's just shared about a program that we're doing, which is fantastic and is reaching people. And hopefully we can see that there are positives in programs. But I want to shift our focus from we do mission by running programs to programs form a part of our collective mission where we are in our communities and we are connecting with people. The way I think about it is is a bonfire. Put your hands up here if you've been to a bonfire. I love a good bonfire, right? You get people and you all gather together around a fire. It's warm. There's things to watch. You're watching a log burn and crackle. I love a bonfire. It brings people together around it. You're there for a purpose. The purpose is to be there together with one another. There's conversations. There's marshmallows. There's debates about how much you should cook a marshmallow. There's s'mores. There's all these things that are happening. There's just a lot of fun times. If we think about a program, like a bonfire, right? It brings people together for a purpose, for a focus. But bonfires have another benefit or another, well, it can be a negative, actually, when you think about bonfires. So a few years ago, you may have heard about some bushfires that happened uh, in New South Wales uh, along the south coast. We were living uh, on the south coast at the time, uh, and our air quality for about three weeks was terrible. Everywhere was smoke, people were staying inside. Uh, It was in December time. We actually had our streets Christmas party. We had a kid's playground in the road, uh, and we all took some food down, and it was... It was like it was raining ash on us the whole time. Like bits of ash were falling out of the sky. There was some that were still kind of smouldering slightly. We had to cover the food. Otherwise, the cheese would become like ash-covered brie, which I know is a thing, but not, but, but not when it's just coming from the sky. Um, and so like, but there was these things. And we were, we were like 50 kilometres away from where the fires were and there was still ash falling on us. Which wasn't such an issue for us, but there was people who were much closer to the fires, and there were these little embers that were falling all around the place that were causing more fires. Terrible for bushfire. 
But let's take that analogy and think about that with a program. If a program's like a bonfire, imagine all the little spot fires that could start up if we start having conversations. If we as individuals start reaching out to those people who like us, who listen to us, who serve us, Imagine the conversations that could have the spot fires that, that that bonfire event could cause. For us to be on mission does not mean that we run programs and we're done. Programs are there to bring people together, to create opportunities to introduce them to people in our church, to introduce them to Jesus, to connect with others but they also provide opportunities for you to be able to have those conversations, to be able to invite friends along, and who knows what that conversation might start. And so I'm going to invite one of the youth who has done exactly this, who's had one of these bonfire events of the junior youth, and they've taken the opportunity to invite some friends along, and I'm going to invite them to come and share some of their experiences. Zali, do you want to come on down? Now, I have some questions. Do you want to hold the microphone? Sure. Uh, let me get the questions that I was going to ask you. So let's start with Zali. What's your, what's your name? Zalia. Do you have a middle name? Yes. Good answer. <laughs> do, you want to, um, do you want to maybe tell us what your middle name is? Anita. Onita, yeah. nice. Uh, all right, so Azalia uh, Onita, uh, <laughs> who did you invite to the junior youth event? I invited Kate Hold and up. Isabella to the pancake art night, and I invited Mackay to the survival night. Nice. Uh, why did you invite them? Because Kate and Isabella are new to my school, and Mackay's just a really good friend. Nice. Uh, was there any particular... Well, how did you invite them? How did you ask them? Mum said a note to Kate and Isabella's parents and my dad gave an invitation to Mackay. Nice. And did they come just to the junior youth event? So Mackay... No, Isabella and Kate, we picked them up from, my, from their houses. Then we had dinner... What do you have? Pizzas. Good. Uh, we went to youth night and then we dropped them off at home, at their home. Pizza and pancakes. Cracker of a night. Um, did they enjoy the night? Yes. All of them? Yes. Nice one. Uh, would you consider inviting friends again? Yes. Thank you very much, Zalia. Give her a round of applause. A program was run and somebody chose to invite other people along because for us to be on mission means that we all are on mission. Let me empower and encourage you to do as what Neil spoke about last week, to look around at the people in your life. We meet together each week here on a Sunday. We come and we talk about what Jesus has done for us. The mission that he had to come to die for us, to bring us forgiveness, to give us peace with God, to bring us eternal life. We also have a mission. 
to make known Jesus' forgiveness, to make known his peace, to extend the offer to others around us. What it means for us collectively to be on mission is that each and every single one of us is a missionary to those around us. I want to empower us, embolden us to take that challenge and to seek to be on mission. I'm going to invite the band to come on up and we're going to sing our, uh, our next song. Oops.